Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Meteorologist Ed Russo here. And meteorologist Tom Russell here. Great to uh, catch up with you, Ed, and uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. It's always good to talk to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I got to tell you, as a weather guy, I'm completely sick of this pattern that we're in, in not just central PA, but really the entire eastern two-thirds of the U.S. under the influence of this upper-level low. Uh, and this thing has just been spinning and spinning, and the reason it's uh, so persistent is usually you have the jet stream that comes along, you pick up this low pressure and you move it on, and you know, our pattern, our weather patterns move from west to east, and you know, they sit around for a day or two and then they move on. This thing has been in there for days, and as we record this, it's going to hang in the next week. Yeah. yeah, no, I know, it's, you know, it's kind of like, uh, this big Bermuda high setup just sitting off the coast. You got this low that can't move as a result. We've got this warmth, which is coming in between the two. Um, and yeah, just giving us this endless supply of cloud cover. And that is really uh, keeping us warm, not so much during the day. Obviously, it's warmer than average, but it's at night. I mean, we should be getting down to 50, 49 degrees yeah, at night you know. as we get to the middle of October. We're nowhere near that. We're 10 to 12, 15 degrees above average, and you really notice it at night. Yeah, I don't I don't like it, not in October. I want, <laughs> I want, it, you know, I want it to feel cool and uh, crisp, you know. Right. You want that fall feel, especially, you know, because this is such a great time of year. We talked about how nice September is. You get those warm days, but you also get the cool nights to offset it. And uh, I don't know about you, but like the air conditioner has been running because at night it's so muggy and so stuffy. You need to cool things off. I know it's, you know, humid, you know, humid, too. Yeah, it is. Know. It is very humid. So yeah, and plus, I, you know, I, w- I want to show off my fall fashion. I got some new sweaters. So. <laughs> You are very fashionable, that's for sure. So here's what I see happening. You jump in, but um, basically this thing is going to persist till about the you know 12th or 13th, and then I finally see this push of some cooler air around the 18th, 19th, maybe the 20th, toward the latter part of the month. So what happens in that situation is everybody's so warm, 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 warm. When you get that first push of colder air, you're like, whoa. And then people started saying, oh, we didn't have any fall. There was no fall. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We did. We actually had some decent weather here. But I think that cold, just because we're so used to being warm, is going to feel colder than it actually is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine going from uh, 60, you know, what what we're at right now to 50 for a high. That's going to be a shock to the system. And and remember, in January, 50 is like, whoa, this is warm. Balmy. Yeah, Yeah, it's all relative. Um, So, you know, one of the things we're working on, of course, is our our winter weather outlook. And uh, some of the the forecast information kind of hints at a a pretty quick start to winter. Now, for us, that can be, you know, maybe December before we see that. For some parts of the country, that could be, you know, early November. But uh, I, I think just because we've been so warm for so long that it's going to feel like a quick hit of winter. Does that yeah, make sense? you know, right, especially as we drop, like we think, for late October into November. But then, yeah, as we get potentially some early winter-like feel, which, you know, I would call it late November, early December, a pretty early start or front-loaded possibly. I mean, we're obviously... Now all of us, we're, we're just starting to get into the phase of, of looking into the winter outlook. Um, 
because you know we released that in November, right? Usually, yeah. I mean, we're working on it now. We're looking at, you know, we look at the big patterns, La Nina. Uh, the feeling is that La Nina conditions could develop in the in the coming months. There's a, I was reading a seventy or eighty percent chance that those would persist into into the winter, um, but it's a little hard to say. There's no, you know, one driving force. And then the other things we look at are. Um, uh, analogs, you know, what what other uh, long stretches of, you know, we had a fairly mild winter last year when you think about temperature, we had a hot summer again. Um, so we go back in time and say, okay, when, when did we see this and what was the uh, subsequent winter eventually like? So, uh, you know, you know me, you, you know me for a couple of years now, and I just feel like we we're way overdue for a cold winter. So nothing's going to surprise me this year. Right. What do you think? Yeah, you know, and I think, uh, you know, last year we had many events. I, I, I remember them being like kind of small. Well, there were a couple decent sized ones. We had a lot of like little events. You're talking about when you say events, you mean snowstorms. Yeah. Yeah. Last year. But like the harsh cold, like the real cold. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't remember. I mean, how many days last year do we even have a night that dropped into single digits? Oh, yeah. I not even sure we had one now that you I'm not even sure we had one either so I'm I'm kind of like thinking yeah I think we're overdue for for a winter but like maybe not necessarily huge amounts of snow but just like a setup where cold. we get some cold right. yeah some real arctic cold right uh so as I look here let me just throw it back and see if I can find that answer for you because um you know my gut is that we've got to have um you know, some pretty cold stuff. This is January last year. I'm looking for some single digits. Uh, you know, for example, in January, I don't even see any teens here. So the lowest we got was 21 degrees. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously that sounds really cold to us now, but, you know, for January, no single digits, no lower teens. That's that's pretty mild. Right, and I think our lowest average temperature of the year is around 22. Right. For the overall average, Um, just looking at this in December, we got down to 14 degrees right before Christmas. But then right after Christmas, do you always bring this up by Christmas Eve? We're at 66 degrees. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Nobody wants it at Christmas time. I know. Tracking a, I was remoting from home, tracking a squall line, you know. Oh, thunderstorms. Yeah, thunderstorms. Like, what is going on here? I like thunderstorms, but not that time of year. Well, to answer your question, just a quick perusal here as we're on the air together. Uh, There were three days in the teens, but there were no single digits. So you're right. It's it's been a while since we've seen that kind of cold. Right. And, you know, usually when you get into the lower teens... Um, and you have wind, usually that's when you get your wind chill advisories that are issued. And I'm, I, right. I remember we had one. Um, so, but yeah. yeah. And that's why, uh, you know, I really feel like we're due, but I felt like we were due for a while because it really goes back to the winter of 15, 2015, the last time I felt mm-hmm. really, really cold. I think uh, February of 2015 was the coldest February on record. Yes. So. It was it was pretty cold. So overall, gut feeling, you're thinking what? As far as like, as we open up into like the fall and, and into the winter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm thinking. Uh, I mean, I, I'm thinking, you know, kind of a front-loaded winter. You know, maybe active into into December. 
maybe okay. even as early as late November. And right. then, uh, and then lingering into January, but then after that, maybe not so bad as we get into, you know, the end of January into February. And then maybe another so, cool snap as we get into closer to spring. Um, okay. but, but more of a, what we'll remember this winter by is something that's going to be more early on. Okay. So, uh, maybe some active weather here as we get, are you talking about before Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. Like that time okay. frame, like, like late November into the maybe first or second week of January. Okay. All right. And that's when everybody wants it when you're in the holidays and you're mm -hmm. uh, singing Christmas carols and all that stuff. Right. right. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to put a little more thought and, and work into our our, uh, our winter forecast, but I definitely feel very similar to you. Um, but it just seems to me we're due for that return of the old polar vortex that everybody talks about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I think we're, we could get in for some longer periods of, of some cold and maybe sustain that a little bit. We'll see. Right, right. We'll see. You know, it'd be really good for the ski resorts. Yes, to, yes. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, upper 20s, low 30s. Yeah, it's cold enough for snow, but you don't get that, like, really nice, you know, granular snow that's good for carving for snowboarders, skiers, you know, and whatnot. And sticks so, around, right. Yeah, you got to have low 20s at least to get some of that real nice powdery <laughs> snow. So hopefully, I, you know, people love doing that stuff around here. I mean, we have ski resorts, so it's good. Yeah. It, it should be cold. We need it to yeah. be cold. Definitely. So, um, so before we, we get into the cold, we got to wrap up hurricane season. Obviously, it's been fairly active, uh, but it really comes down to two storms, Ida and uh, what was the other one? Uh, not Laura. That was last year. Um, but the other storms that you and I have been talking about have been fairly weak. Uh, they don't have a whole lot of ACE, we call it, which is accumulated cyclone energy. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Ida is the one that sticks out and, and did a lot of damage, but uh, other than that, it's been a lot of, you know, name storms that really didn't do anything. Yeah, and some of them, some of them, um, you know, question. <laughs> the naming up, period. Oh, yeah. I, you know me. I always yeah. question that. Yeah, there, there are a couple in there. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're, we're almost at the end of the alphabet. We had Victor. We have one more. W. Okay, Wanda. so do you think we'll have another one here? We're you know, almost to the middle of October. I would say... <laughs> I would say yes. I think there will be another name system now. Is it because is it because of the, you know, of the current state of the atmosphere across the Atlantic? Possibly. I think it's. You also have to weigh in that, you know. Sometimes I think we just name storms more easily. So we're also oh, definitely. we're also in definitely. that climate, pun intended. Right. Uh, so you know, it's something we have to. It's consider so yeah. I, I would say a combination of uh, somewhat of an active season. I mean, we have had storms, and and the uh, fact yeah. that you know we we have been naming even storms that are subtropical in nature. We're in mid October. It's still fairly active. Right. Um, there's no real waves of concern right now as of this recording. But uh, yeah, I'd say we'll probably see at least one more named one. Well, as we uh, uh, speaking of that, there's a little feature that. I think once this load that we talked about uh, kind of moves off the coast a little bit, could become 
tropical issue off the coast of the, the Carolinas, kind of the East Coast. Yep. And that could potentially get a name if it just kind of hangs along the coast there and starts to, uh, you know, keep a center of circulation. So I think those kind of things are still possible. So I think yeah. we may actually have maybe two more storms, right? Na- at least name storms. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And, you know, that low that you're talking about, it's sitting right over the Gulf Stream. And it's right, it's, it's basically at its warmest right now. Right. So, you know, right. from all the summer warmth and so it'll be interesting to see if that develops. Certainly the water's warm enough. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so we're not out of hurricane season yet. That continues uh, officially until November, November 30th. And if you remember one of our previous uh, discussions that Ed and I have had, they're, they're talking about maybe extending that. Uh, you know, if we keep these warmer waters into early December, you could get a name storm there or, of course, on the on the front side of hurricane season. So, um, you know, that's a good possibility, at least uh, two more name storms. But the good news, we're on the downside of hurricane season. And especially as we get some colder pushes of air that uh, those cold fronts tend to keep anything that does develop out over the Atlantic. Yeah, to flex them out to sea. So that is good news. Uh, before we go, let's touch on, um, you know, you're always our outdoor expert and, you know, now we're into the, the leaves falling and raking the leaves. One of the things you mentioned, uh, you may have done a story on it last year, was that it's a good idea to leave some of that leaf debris or at least leave the leaves around a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff, important pollinators that overwinter in that leaf debris. So if you rake the leaves or you even, I, I know people say, okay, I'm going to leave, I'm, I'm going to leave the leaves, but I'm going to mulch them up. No, if you mulch them up, you end up killing and you end up inadvertently killing the, uh, the pollinators that are overwintering in there. So you kind of want to leave you them. You mean away. even the ones like on my lawn? That's, that's how I clean out oh, no, my no, no, lawn. No, 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 no. I mean, over. the ones on your lawn, yeah, mulch those. But okay. I know some people, they want, they take the leaves and then they mulch the ones in the beds and then put them back. Oh, so I the see whole what point saying. is like, yeah, that's good. That's good kind of surface compost. But at the same time, you're destroying a lot of the pollinators that have made homes in there. So you just got to like leave the leaves be, huh. you know, undisturbed. For how long? Like, you know, when the spring comes, you want to do some spring cleaning. Is it okay to grab them out then? Well, you know, so I'm I'm about to interview. I'm going to interview someone. She's a gardening expert from Mechanicsburg. I've interviewed her a number of times, Heather Andrews. I'm going to talk to her more about that tomorrow because that's a good question. Okay. I have the same one. Yeah. Um, so I'll be yeah. finding that out tomorrow. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting stuff. And there's also another pest that's not Uh-oh. from around here. It's called the uh, – it's a jumping worm. It comes from East Asia, I believe. The jumping worm? Yes, yes. It, oh, my lo- it, it, it looks um, a lot like an earthworm. Okay. Um, earthworms, your traditional earthworms kind of move around kind of slow, but the Asian jumping worm looks like an earthworm, but it, 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 it has very rapid like movement with its body. So you All can right, tell the it, difference it, when you have one next to the other. But I never, I just thought, hey, this is a... This is an earthworm that has, you know, uh, uh, is just more hyperactive. You know, <laughs> he's a better jumper. So, yeah. are they bad for a certain plant? Do they kill well, stuff or what? They prevent they, they the the Asian jumping worm. They cause some problems in the aeration of the soil, and I think they only they prevent further um, aeration of the soil deeper down. So they kind of just turn over the top layer of soil, which isn't exactly good for forest floor 
They're um, lazy is what you're saying. What's that? They're lazy. Yeah, they're lazy. They, they, don't, go, <laughs> they, don't, they don't dig deep. Uh, yeah, they don't dig deep. So uh, one of the deterrents of the Asian jumping worm is uh, maple trees and the leaves. The leaves, there's some chemical in, in, a, in, the, in the leaves of a maple tree that actually deter them. So that's huh. all the more reason you want to leave them lay, the, the, the leaves. Interesting. Yeah, so I mean, there's so many things you learn, like, you know, so it's like, then there's so many things that the forest is already armed with to protect itself. You just kind of got to right. let it be. And I know it's nice to make things all aesthetically pleasing looking, but sometimes right. you just got to let it be. Nature can be its own beauty, right? Yeah, and it can take <laughs> care of itself. Most of the time well, thank you for always keeping us uh, on top of the, the latest pests. We we do appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, always great to catch up with you, my friend. And, of course, you can always check out any other episodes of our podcast, uh, wherever you find podcasts, or easily found at cbs21.com. So great to catch up with you. All right. You too, Tom. Have a good one. You too.